You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello and welcome to Hyperspace Hangout, a podcast by Star Wars fans for Star Wars fans. I am Matt Starwin. And I am Ezra Skyhopper. Welcome aboard the Outcast. This is the place for all Star Wars fans where we discuss your thoughts and theories about a galaxy far, far away. As we are back once again, talking some Star Wars, my friend, and kind of a wide variety of topics that we're going to be talking today. And I guess really the only way to kick this thing off here is as we're in sort of, it's like we're in a little bit of a lull. There's a little bit of Star Wars news. We saw some Lego Star Wars trailer, Lego Star Wars trailer. We finally have a release date. It looks pretty awesome, but we're going to be talking about some stuff today. Most importantly... Ezra Bridger and his role going forward. Uh, I think it's important to remember that Ezra Bridger, last time we saw him, he was a cheerful little kid, kind of, you know, little teenager. Yeah. He might be a little bit darker next time we see him. He might. He might. I'm excited to talk about that because there is uh, there's some rumor, there's some fan art out there, some different things going on with the character Ezra Bridger, and I'd love uh, to talk about it and see which which show is he going to come up in, and then uh, how could it all work out? He and his correlation with Thrawn. I mean, years, years he's been out there doing what? Think, who knows what? Yeah. Who knows what? So, um, all right, as but you know, but let's just go ahead and dive right in here as we begin because we have a message just like palpatine you know <laughs> broadcast a message to everyone in uh, the rise of skywalker yeah okay yeah. attention listeners across the galaxy all the way from australia to houston do we have a pube problem if so our friends at manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with the fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0 kick your pubes to the planet to the next planet with performance package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by joining by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Yeah, he did just blast that in everyone's one's face. You know, Palpatine just said out there, hey, this is what's happening. That's one of the mm -hmm. most effective ways to get your message across, I think, is just to, you know, blast it across the, the, the galaxy and let folks know. And by the way, I bet we were always looking for characters who could use it. And I thought about Palpatine there for a second. It would be very important for him to have something, some shears that would be uh, have that have that skin safeguard. Right. You know, mm -hmm. a real watch out for the Knicks. Watch out for the. Knicks. Hey, 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 man, it's got that safe, you know, cutting edge ceramic blade technology to reduce grooming accidents my friend with the lawnmower 
4.0. Yeah. I mean, as you know, I mean, I just, yeah, I just, I just think about that. You know, he's, he blasts that message out and, you know, sometimes as even when you shave down there, it comes yeah. back much like Palpatine. <laughs> it it's, does. Like, it's like, yeah. po, it's like, it's like Poe Dameron just sort of looks down. He's like, somehow it's come back. <laughs> okay. That's uh, so anyway, guys, oh be sure to get 20% off plus free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com for clean trinity and beyond. Your space balls will thank you. Dude, As is dying. I, sometimes I can't recover. Oh my God. Dude, that is literally uh, what. I, this is why I love these. I love doing these things because. One is a great product, and then two, you get you get jokes like that where it's like I'm imagining Bo Dameron looking down, saying, "Somehow we don't know how it, it's back. It's come, it's, it's come back. It's come back. It's returned." And then, and then and you just look down. You hear a voice. You got the right tools for the job, man. But but you hear a voice coming from the bush that says, "The dark side is a path." <laughs> <to me." laughs> Many ways that most would deem unnatural. It's just insane. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Anywho, my friend, as yeah. you're in Germany, man, is yeah. it still going good over there? Oh, hey, yeah, things are going uh, really well. Want to give a shout out to I. This man, you come over here, you meet people. Like, here's one. Okay, I I've been going to uh, been here for like six weeks, I think, and I had to go get a haircut. And the guy used the lighter on my like, uh, as they as they yeah he, I I got a haircut with a lighter. Things over in Germany are different, man. I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, man. It's very interesting. So I forget the name of the barbershop. I'll try to I'll try to figure it out here. I think it's Alton. I think it's Alton's barbershop. And I've gone mm-hmm. like uh, twice now. Epic haircut. Absolutely epic haircut. Um. So that's been really cool. And then been hanging out. Just been. Drinking the beer, pumping, grilling, like it's just, uh, it's awesome, man. It's just been a really good time. So things are going well. Tons of um, historical things to see. I went to a freaking palace. You know, I've been to a palace. I've been to like these big churches. Oh, also, quick update, went to Scotland, actually. So uh, trying to get some of this in while COVID is not completely uh, raging and wrecking everything, which it is, uh, but you know, just trying to get all that, that traveling in and just uh, having a good time. So, yeah, went to went to Scotland. I've uh, been wanting to get there for a long time. So that was really, really freaking cool. But we actually held, uh, we had a, a little Bannerman hangout while we were in Scotland. My phone died, by the way. Sorry to everybody uh, on that one. And I wanted to announce we have a council of elders coming up. When I return, I've been saying this to folks on social media, I, I mean to call a great council. And by great, I mean a council of elders, all right? We're talking Bright Tree Village, low gray situation, spinning globe, magical powers, uh, magical stones, and so on, all right? Uh, this will be on September 10th, and I think we're going to do it at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, I just kind of told folks who want to pop in there with me, and talk about the Thrawn Heir to the Empire book. We might record some of it, some of it we might not. It's the first one. We're just trying to see, feel, feel everybody out, get to know everybody, and get comfortable. So uh, it's really just a hangout, uh, first and foremost, a hangout. But if there are parts that are good and we want to record something, we might do that as well and put it on the podcast. So if you're interested, it's only five bucks. It's over on Patreon. Join up over there. I'll put the link out there for for folks to to hop in and join. And I think it's it's pretty cool. It'll be fun to get to know some some of our Star Wars listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those are those are those are always ton fun, cool hangouts. And yeah, we're gonna be talking about uh gonna start diving into a handful of the books, you know, some of these yeah. Thrawn books and um and and stuff like that. Actually, I just watched uh, I was watching some of The Witcher and yeah. uh in the first episode in the first episode of The Witcher, I forget the actor's name, but remember who we, he said he was sort of the front runner to play Thrawn. I was like, Oh, he's in there. I was like, That's the guy that they want to play really? Thrawn. Yeah, it's just sort of a smaller role, but yeah, yeah he's yeah. uh he's in there. So yeah, nice. anywho. So um yeah, man. So uh other than that, everything's going good for me, yeah, I guess good. I should say. Uh let's give a quick shout out here though to uh our good buddy, he's a patron, Matthew Perry. Okay. And welcome, you know yeah. Arthur. Welcome Ar- welcome Arthur. 
Yeah. Dawson. Really awesome. awesome. Happy Life Day, right? That's is that what they, is that do yeah. they call it in Star Wars? Life Day. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So happy life day to Arthur. So all right, guys. Well, we're gonna dive in here. And as we're gonna be talking about somebody very close to your heart, Ezra Bridger. And yeah. what do we think he's gonna look like when we finally see him? He's gonna be a little more like is he gonna is he gonna step on the stage like Luke? Or is yeah. he gonna sort of step on the stage and maybe be a little more ragged i mean are we gonna find him in like a prison cell i mean how is his entrance gonna what's his entrance gonna look like well that's a really good question because if you go back to um rebels season four and we look at the 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 finale of that and then the kind of the epilogue that was setting us up for ahsoka sabine and when you have Hera, uh jason sandula all that stuff happening in the epilogue but right before that ezra does actually move Thrawn off of the chessboard, right? Off of the galactic mm-hmm. chessboard. So he's on his ship, even though there's the whole, the, he, he, maybe Ezra has the power of the space whales, you know, behind him. I don't know that he has that much control that they're going to like actually be able, I don't know. He's, 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 they have gone to light speed somewhere. And Ezra is still, though, a captive, I guess, of Thrawn's. So what did Thrawn do to him? We, do we know that he is a captive of Thrawn's? Because I mean, he seems we, like he's in control. He does when he sort of, but he's on their ship. So I guess I guess I'm, I'm saying, you know, I mean that's that's why I was saying, does he how much control does he have over those space whales? Like, like is he able to use them to 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 get away? Um, can he just use the force? And get away from all of Thrawn and Thrawn's troops or whatever, or is he eventually captured? Because we see them get captured in Rebels by other situations where they're just outgunned or whatever, outnumbered, and so they put their weapons down and they're imprisoned. And then Harris and Dula and everyone has to come rescue them from the prison and break them back out, and they're good to go. So I'm just thinking, if he's on a cruiser like that and he's away from all of his friends and no one is is coming to to get him. He might be Thrawn's captive, and that might be why Ahsoka is looking for him. I mean, I, right there, I think yeah. is is a is a good topic. Is is Ezra a captive of Thrawn's? You know? Yeah, I don't know. I, he seems like he's in control now. Yeah, I could see once he gets them into way way deep unknown regions. I guess then it's kind of like he's on the ship. How's he going to get off? Um, Pergil, by the way, uh, is the name of the. <clears throat> of the whales right that's the per, uh p-u-r-r-g-i-l right it's a sentient uh, semi-sentient species of massive whale-like creatures that live in deep space traveling from star system to star system uh some of them are the size of small starships and some are way larger uh and then you know some of the quotes here um the pergola are dangerous they wander into hyperspace lanes crash into ships uh, I lost more than one friend that way. Well, maybe they don't realize they're putting people in danger. Maybe it's like Kanan says, you know, they just do what they do. Harrison Dula and Ezra Pridger talking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are we counting out their role? I think we well, just, I mean, they're going to be there too. I just, you, that's a really good point. Will we see the Pergill in, in live action? <laughs> I mean, like, why not? Because that is the whole, the whole thing we've, we've, could you imagine seeing them just out there in space and, and doing some sort of like they're just floating or, or migrating or moving mm-hmm. through? Um, maybe Ahsoka's figured out their pattern or where they're going, but it almost seems like Ezra in the in the season finale was was using and controlling them to take Thrawn somewhere far away. Because from what we can tell, it seems like Thrawn never came back to Palpatine and never came back into um, right. the fold and was working on something until after... Return of the Jedi. So what was it that kept him out there? Was it he and Ezra fighting one another? Was this back and forth struggle? Or did they stumble upon something that was a great threat to the galaxy that Thrawn's been hinting at in all of his books? And maybe they're back in the Chiss ascendancy and he just decides not to go back to the Empire. Um, yeah. Could be all. Do you think Palpatine would have... Do you think Palpatine ever figured out... I mean... It, it's kind of hard to really know exactly what sort of happens with Palpatine. We just know he sort of comes back. He's doing somehow he sort of survives. Right. Um, 
because where we're at in Mandalorian, we're five years removed from Return of the Jedi. And so unless Thrawn comes back and dies in this sort of time period, do you think Palpatine ever realized that he that what was going on out there? I don't know that Thrawn does Thrawn yeah. ever know about Exegol and that there's this huge other fleet out there. Maybe that's where he he goes. So he's like, oh, I'll just go grab this fleet that's being constructed out there. Well, I mean, here's so I don't know that he does know about that I, because when he's taken off the chessboard, it seems like Palpatine came up with Exegol sometime after Rebels, maybe. And the, the reason I say right. that is just because of freaking. The, the Star Wars comic, the Vader comic that I've been reading and watching and, and kind of going through and studying up on, Ochi of freaking Bestoon, which I am so sick and tired of hearing about Ochi, all right? I am just done with Ochi. But apparently he was around, and he took, you know, he fought Vader and the whole thing between episode five and episode six. And between episode five and episode six, Vader goes to Exegol. So, and it's in... You know, it's I don't know. It's, I don't, who knows how long they've been working on that on that Exegol project is all I'm saying. So maybe it wasn't there right. when Thrawn. Because why wouldn't Thrawn, you know, as soon as Emperor Palpatine's dead before he's really come back to power, why wouldn't you go grab that? Because Thrawn is big on fleets and, and having that type of, of power. Really, what Thrawn, I think, uh, highlights or what Palpatine might see later on is that he didn't focus enough on his fleet. And Thrawn was right, that he put all of his eggs in one basket, and he was only working on the Death Star, which you just you destroy the Death Star, okay, well now it's just one thing to focus all of your firepower on. It's one station, whereas like with the fleet, you you can uh, patrol more of the galaxy and keep it more under, under your control. Um, that's what he was always kind of arguing with the TIE Defender program and just other other programs that Thrawn was working for. So Palpatine maybe realizes that, and that's a part of the sequels as to why he goes and builds a freaking awesome, huge, you know, Sith fleet, which is just insane. But I don't know that Thrawn did know about it. And here's the other thing. You said, what, what does Thrawn think about Ezra Bridger? Because Palpatine is very close with Ezra, Ezra Bridger in that series. Right at the end, he almost has Ezra right. in his grasp, and, and that's his new gonna be his new apprentice so uh i think he does know what happens i think he's i think everyone is including palpatine stumped as as to what happened and where they went um in one quick connection here not that this was this was before rebels even came out and was finished but it was the aftermath series empire's end there is a transmission that goes out to i believe what would be the area where Thrawn was at they thought like he was patrolling somewhere or maybe it was one one of the chists or something i don't know there was some hint to some illusion that the author made to thrawn but no one knew about thrawn's story at that point or where it was going to go or how they were going to connect it because that was the big thing after episode six you really couldn't touch thrawn's story until you had figured out what you wanted to do in the sequels and where all that was going to go um because i was back in the day thinking okay maybe luke skywalker's got to fight thrawn maybe they're going to take that 30 years later and Thrawn and the, you know, the Chiss just live longer. I thought we were going to see him as a big villain in the sequels, which now looking at it, we probably should have seen him as a big villain because yeah, that would have been, be been a much way better, better. Yeah. Way better. It would have been way better. And it's, it's just, it would have been the Imperial remnant and finally defeating that, that leftover, the shadows of the empire like that mm -hmm. is what we're talking about. So, and that is what makes The Mandalorian cool. That's what makes Ahsoka and all these other shows cool is we're fighting the shadows of the Empire. So that's sick. Um, but, yeah. Also, one more thing, Matt. So I was reading the other day, and I've been preparing for Council of Elders, reading up on Thrawn, heir to the Empire. Master Sabaoth is, is in this book, and Thrawn goes to him. Just spoiler for anybody who hasn't read it. It's been out for 20-plus years. Um, it and he basically he has Master Sabaoth controlling his fleet, like helping them with their efficiency. So you know, like your target efficiency um, for your Tie Fighters, and just like let's say Thrawn issues a command, and how is that command followed? It's is it is it followed with um, like its efficiency rate? Is it eighty percent, ninety percent, whatever? Master Sabaoth could tap into the minds of his crew. And he could increase their efficiency by like 40%. And it's hinted at, Thrawn basically says that one of the reasons Palpatine is defeated is because Luke Skywalker shows up 
and occupies the empire, uh, the, the, the emperor's like capacity to do that. Essentially, the, the uh, Emperor Palpatine could not focus on things that were going on on the forest moon of Endor. He couldn't focus on the fleet. Uh, he was focused purely on his apprentice and his apprentice's son and trying to acquire Skywalker, so much so that he lost sight and it allowed Akbar and others to be more efficient than the, the Imperial forces and stuff. And, and there's this, all this other stuff that's talking about, like the training of Thrawn's men and how he invests time in them and wants them to be better and efficient. Because the big problem the Empire has is just, we're just going to be massive. We're not going to be good at what we do, but we're just going to, we're going to win by by pure size and, and volume and, and whatever. Um, and maybe they're not the most efficient fighting unit out there, like Thrawn wanted them to be. So I thought that was fascinating. And I was like, okay, that's a Legends connection. But maybe that's a reason why Palpatine, like, it makes Luke's, you know, venture there that much more important. Like, he was occupying Palpatine and, and having his whole fight there. And it allows the rebellion to move forward. I don't know. Yeah. Um, is this Sabayoth here? I've heard you bring him up before. He's a character I'm sort of unfamiliar. Is it Joris Sabayoth? Like C B A O T H? Yes. yes. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. yeah. And and so you it's it's there's Juris and Joris. Uh, there's um because mm-hmm. the whole situation there is that he's actually a clone of the original Master Sabayoth in the Clone Wars. So Clone Wars, gotcha. there is a Master Sabayoth. And he is killed prior to the Clone Wars, I think. And then this guy was cloned. Palpatine picks up the body, puts him in his cloning program. And that's why I was making the joke with Nala Say. Because Nala Say could be cloning these these Jedi bodies, man. We might see some of these Jedi coming back. Like th- that w- that's that's what I think is, is kind of wild. So because they did it in Legends. And this was um the guardian of uh, Emperor Palpatine's secret storehouse where he had cloning technology, he had cloaking technology, and other things. He had Luke's hand there. Um, that's where he. That's where they were They were creating Luke. I mean, Luke wasn't ready yet by the time of Return of the Jedi, but he was ready a few years after that when we were in Heir to the Empire. So you can see Palpatine had that contingency plan. I'll get the real thing, but if that doesn't work, I've got his hand and I'll clone him. And the dark side is a pathway to many unnatural, you know. Right. Many things that people deem unnatural. unnatural. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. You, you you definitely bring up some interesting points there. Um, and it just sort of has it just sort of has me thinking because it does seem yeah. like that that's sort of the route that we're going to be going. Some of the stuff that happens later in Legends uh, might be getting brought fo- forward here to this mandalorian timeline yeah right yeah. uh and so even though a lot of that stuff happens like 20 years after return of the jedi a lot of this stuff might be happening closer to now mm-hmm. um and some of this cloning stuff we saw in bad batch is obviously going to be more important in mandalorian because a lot of four five and six have already been covered and there's not a lot of clones in it so yes yeah, that's exactly. where you're gonna have to go. That's where you're gonna have to go with that. Well, and, and the thing is, <clears throat> the, the reason I, you know, some people will, will kind of say, "Oh, you're, you're you're talking crazy." Like they're not gonna make that many connections to legends. Well, here's the thing, friends. Rebels did this. Rebels brought back one of the biggest legends characters of all time. They did not have to bring back Thrawn. And I think when they brought Thrawn back, people are like, "Well, you're gonna have to explain how he wasn't there in four, five, and six. And they did. They, they did. They they rebels also ended Maul. It ended they could Maul. have let they could they yes. they could have ended they could have ended Maul in Clone Wars and they didn't exactly that's a really good point they they kept that arc kind of going I mean <clears throat> this is what they do Kira is still out there and we have now a comic about her trying to run down and capture um, Han Solo's body you know what I mean from take it back from Boba Fett and that starts this whole bounty hunter war which is a cool little comic book series I'm hoping to do some videos on hyperspace with that that's but, that's actually Shadows of the Empire yeah. Yes, that's, exactly. That's quite literally what Shadows of the Empire is about. It's about, yes. They want, they try, it's all about them all going. It's Dax Rendar and Luke and Leia and Prince Sizor trying to go get Han Solo's body back. Well, and so, and then, so, Han, and, then and then he gets, and then um, Bosk and everybody goes after uh, Boba Fett. Okay, so speaking of Bosk, we're going to transition here in a little bit to, to some Book of Boba Fett stuff. But like, 
real quickly, that's a that's a good point. You have a Legends book, Shadows of the Empire, and you have um, this new comic book series that even though Kira's not a Legends character, the element is still the same. That story arc of someone chasing down Han Solo's body, like, did that happen? It wasn't just like Boba Fett got him, went straight to Jabba's palace, no problem. That's what you're led to kind of believe if there's no extra book or there's no Shadows of the Empire or no Bounty Hunter War comic book series. So it was a cool element in Legends. They did something with Shadows of the Empire. Now that's not canon. So now they're saying, okay, how do we take that same element of running down Han Solo's body with new characters? So I'm saying the same thing with Legends. How do you take what was really good about Heir to the Empire and Master Sabaoth and Luke and and like Leia dealing with her training and all that kind of stuff because that's something else. Luke is running around here with Grogu. What at what point in time did Leia stop her Jedi training? You know what I mean? When 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 did that happen? So there's another big piece. Luke Skywalker is moving around the galaxy with Grogu. So you can now do all the stuff that you wanted to do. You have to create a story it may, whether it's a comic book series, that, that would be insane if Disney never told the story of what happened to Luke Skywalker for 30 years and they said, ah, just the sequels, don't worry about it. He just went off and did what? The greatest hero of all freaking time in this galaxy, Luke Skywalker, and you don't tell the story? That's that's bad. No, me. they're definitely they're definitely they're definitely going to tell more. We will see yeah. more Luke in, in some fashion in the Filoni verse, whether it's in the Ahsoka series or or whatever. Um, we're definitely going to see more. I, we're I, we're going to see a little more Luke next year. Young Luke and Obi Wan. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, that's going to be huge. That that I think that series is going to be emotional. Actually, real quick note on that before we go to Book Book of Boba Fett. Uh, there was a little bit of news about Hayden. You know, just what he's going to look like. I, I think there's. I don't know if it's a leaked image or if there's just some some stuff out there um, about Hayden yes. Christensen right coming coming back and. Vader in that is going to be that's going to be sick that is going to be I just don't know what the story is and I've been really trying to figure out how do you have this meeting between the two I I don't know anyway yeah yeah I mean what I mean it, it's gonna be, how do you how do you sort of show him in a way you know that's how you can do how do you how do you how do you use how do you do Caden is he speaking through the force or something? Or do you think Obi-Wan's going to see Vader? Because they're almost not really supposed to meet. Yeah, that's the thing is that uh, there's the, the epic line, which is, you know, when I when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Now you could still right. t- take that and say, OK, maybe they did meet when he was in the suit and they had another fight and Obi-Wan beats him again. Or whatever. But the problem is you've written all these like Star Wars comics and Vader comics and not that that matters. They'll move those aside if they have to. And if there's continuity issues, you can. Yeah, you can retcon anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you can do that, especially with a, a story like that. But um, I just what they did in the comic was a lot of times Vader, you would see him in his when he went to like. Uh, Vader's castle. When he's in Vader's castle and he goes into the Force, he is is he walks in like his suit is no longer there. He's he's in like a Force world where it's just you can see uh, his limbs where they're cut off. They're just they're in like white light, and the rest of his body is in like a dark black slash red veined out and everything. So they did things where they showed him being able to walk around in a Force sort of realm inside the force and talk to people and do things and so maybe we see Hayden do something like that it's his voice but they do something digitally and make it look like him communicating with his master in the force like is Palpatine going to be in this is he going to talk to Palpatine at all or reference him or a, a program that they're you doing know, nobody's nobody's ever even really like I, there's been no leaks or people aren't even theorizing about that yeah I if Vader is going to be in it I I just I have to wonder if it's just Vader is sending out the Inquisitors or is still obsessed with finding Obi-Wan and isn't necessarily on to the, the secret that is Luke Skywalker. And yeah. Obi-Wan has to protect that. Maybe he gets close. I, and yeah, I don't imagine that Vader is going to be that prominent in it. Yeah. Because I mean, it, it's a Kenobi. If, right. Like Vader is in Rogue One and obviously he has probably he has the most memorable scene. Which, in some ways, is kind of a shame because he really kind of steals that movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because his 
because but really he's only in the movie for like i mean a combined i don't think he's in the movie for a combined 10 minutes of screen time right right yeah really it's like he meets with or krennic krennic meets with him uh and then he sort of shows up at the end and just hallways everybody yeah yeah i i I would so maybe it's going to be something similar to that where he's really only in there for two scenes but one of those scenes is just so epic that it's what everybody remembers and honestly i would be kind of okay with that if you had a couple episodes where maybe an emotional episode with obi-wan talking to who knows yoda or qui-gon or or just doing his own thing or, or uncle owen you know what i mean uncle uncle owen is in this and, and aunt Beru. so like talking to them and getting to know them a bit more checking up on luke who knows maybe something from his past with satine just whatever he's dealing with as yeah. as a jedi master in exile that's cool I, and then i definitely i definitely think there'll be more with um uh, ben and, and baru yeah or i'm um, not ben but um uncle owen, owen excuse me yeah. and owen and baru thinking spider-man uncle ben yeah um because <laughs> it's obi-wan you know yeah. um but uh and baru because then that could add a little bit of weight to him not wanting Luke to see him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like if something else happens that could cause when Luke's really young that Luke doesn't really remember, that could add some weight to that line at the beginning of episode four. Because right now it still sort of works where it's just like, hey, he gave him Luke when he was a little, you know, baby. Uh, and then Obi-Wan just watches from afar. But obviously, Obi-Wan runs into luke enough to where luke knows who he is yeah yes yeah yeah it's it's that's a good point because i think we do need to see obi-wan running into luke because he knows you old he's like i wonder if it you know obi-wan kenobi help, help me obi-wan kenobi you're my only hope is the line that he hears and he says i wonder i wonder if uh i wonder if she means old ben kenobi you know and mm-hmm. then you look you get the look between aunt peru and uncle owen like oh okay i don't i don't you know not so sure. Should we tell him now? Should we, you know, talk about yeah. this? <clears throat> yeah. Because, yeah, the look yeah, the look is, and of course, that look is also set up at a, mo- you know, you have to think about when it was originally created. Mm-hmm. It's done to give the audience, oh, hey, there's something more to yes. this because none of the other stuff had ever been created. But right. now the challenge is how do we build that up into something more? Yep. Exactly. And I think I think you're right. There's probably a big conversation between Obi-Wan and um, Uncle Owen about, you know, just, maybe maybe Obi-Wan wants to start training. Them. Maybe he does come one day and that's and he's told not to. And that would be interesting, right? It's time for the boy right. to be trained. And, and Uncle Owen says, no. What if he sees hear me out on this? What <laughs> if he what if he what if he tries to start training Luke? Like he runs into him in town, you know, something when Luke's still sort of young mm-hmm. um, and he's like, you know, something along the lines of like, oh, wow, you've got real talent. But mm-hmm. talent without training is, you know, mm-hmm. is nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That would be that cool. would make that line that Luke does in Mandalorian that much cooler. Yeah. Yeah, it would. It, that would be cool. Um, the other thing, too, I just I just thought of this. What if Obi-Wan is worried about training Luke. And he himself is the one who says, I failed. I failed. I couldn't train his father. Can't train him. Right. You know what I mean? I'm just to keep him safe. And then, yeah, I mean, who knows? And that maybe that's like, because he sets, he sets Luke up for his first path. By the way, heir to the empire again is like old Ben Kenobi shows up in that at the very beginning. And he talks to Luke. And it's like one of the last times that Obi-Wan shows up and, and speaks to Luke because he needs to go beyond, like actually go to rest as a force ghost eventually. Um, is Luke the is Luke the oldest person to train as a Jedi that we know of? Because, I mean, when like Anakin mm-hmm. starts, like he's too old, but he's like 11. But when when I Luke starts, so. he's like he's like 19. Yeah, I think he might be. uh they did write that one character. You remember Dooku's apprentice? Uh, I don't know if that, that counts. Remember that? Remember um, in Dooku, the Dooku book or Master and Apprentice? Um, he dies. Yeah, what's his name? I can't remember his name. But I think he was older, and and they he he might have been older. I I mean I, I think in Legends he did train some older individuals A- like Avaros. Avaros, Rail Avaros, yeah. Yeah, I think he was older, and that was one of the things why he was 
behaving the way that he behaved and he he formed attachments essentially because he was too old and and stuff like that but i think uh in Luke's new Jedi order, when he establishes it, like Cornhorn, Kip Durin, all those actually, guys are. Uh, actually, Avaros is he never, he's never killed. Yeah, yeah, I don't think, yeah, not yet. Um, We know eventually he is, but yeah, I don't think he is yet. No, well, according to Wikipedia, he's still alive. He's still alive. <laughs> he could be. Where is he? Where is he, Matt? Is he is he his his final his final thing is after resolving the political dispute on Pajal Ray uh Rail succeeds in reaching his former master who shared with him that he had discovered a great power that he wished to share with Avaros. However, our Avaros uh, rebuffed Dooku's offer and before cutting the transmission informed the master that he had chosen the light and was not interested in what Dooku had to offer him. And that that's it. So here's my thing. Obi-Wan knows. Um, he, he he knows him. So you want to talk yes, about Kenobi? Does. You were talking about Kenobi yep. situations. I mean, we've seen, and that's a book connection, but like what was cool in the Bad Batch was you bring in random clones or whatever that are still alive that, that had either left uh, the clone army or disobeyed Order 66 and they're showing up in the Bad Batch. Like in Kenobi, do you have Jedi, a Jedi like Rail? Did he leave? Did he leave the Order? We don't know. We just know that he was written in as... Um, He's written in as Count Dooku's first apprentice, and then Qui-Gon Jinn is the second apprentice. So he would be old. He would be an older. He would be older yeah. than Obi-Wan. But that would be cool if you had an old rail Avaros showing up in the series, and he was once Dooku's apprentice, but he left the order prior to 66, you know, because that, that's what they do in the Vader comic is the, is the Barash vow. Any Jedi who took that, Vader knew about it, uh, Anakin, and he's he hunts down those Jedi through the computer system. Who was who had taken that vow, and where are they? Even though they've chosen not to interfere in in the of whatever the affairs of the Jedi, he went after him. So, how did Rail get through, or is his story just you know it? They're, they're probably gonna write a book or a you know comic book where he he gets killed or something. But for right now, we're allowed to speculate about him. Yeah, there's still all these. There's still tons of characters that are that. It, they can obviously just create new characters, but there's still ton plenty of characters that are out there that they could use. You know, but I, I guess if you're going to create a new character, why not just give him the name of this character that's already in the book? Like if you're just like, hey, I'd like to create a another Jedi that Obi Wan comes across that somehow survived Order I mean, 66 or something like. I mean, they were going to bring. You know, they told all the actors and actresses and everything that it was Plu Kloon who was the Jedi. Yeah, how? That would be. Did you crazy. see that? Yes, I did. Yeah, that was the big way. There's artwork for it too. Yeah, yeah. It was they put. They, yeah, they put all of it into kind of like air quote production to trick everyone into thinking that's who it was going to be, so that way no one leaked Luke Skywalker. Which, by the way, I mean obviously Luke awesome. Skywalker is infinitely cooler than Fluke Clune, but it still it could have been kind of cool to be Fluke Clune, but We'd nobody would have our, any our minds. We about would, it. we would, but like I mean, in a good way. New, than like the new audience because I'm sure there's I mean if you look at the numbers the Mandalorian is a lot of people's either first entry into Star Wars mm -hmm. or like re-entry into Star Wars and they're like they'd be like <clears throat> who is this yeah yeah who exactly well that that's a really um Luke was the only choice yeah Luke was the only choice but to mislead people by the way that that is the thing I'm with Mark Hamill on this I've always said this I less is more in a trailer Build, get, yes. do your job get us hyped about it S star wars has an its brand its name is already there we are sold visions i don't even know like i'm hyped about star wars visions and it looks like some crazy anime <laughs> like, it looks awesome it, yeah it, it's it's cool but um like kenobi i'm hyped about it. andor i'm hyped about andor even though it's probably my least of the least intrigued uh, favorite thing that yeah. i'm whatever that's coming out but still i will go watch it and i am i am down for it and i'm ready for it because it has that star wars name so i'm so glad they didn't spoil a luke skywalker reveal because were you not i mean we don't even talk about it enough i i'm still reeling from the fact that luke skywalker is is in the mandalorian back. Is, is back in that verse and then the mark hamill um episode where he's on and he's kind of like talking about holding Grogu and and being there on set. It's just insane. It's insane, man. It's so cool. Yeah. Okay. So, as, yeah. Hey, man, we uh, we're going to take a quick 
break for a message from one of our sponsors. I'm going to come back and we got a transmission here we want to want to get to. Okay, as uh, we're back here and we got a uh, we got a transmission here. Um, and I remember, I remember reading this and and thinking uh, sort of, wow, just a, a different take here. Uh-huh. My yeah. friend. Yeah. And who is this from? Do we have the do we have yeah, the uh, this is from Carrie. This is from Carrie from mm-hmm. Carrie here. Yeah. Let me let me read this here. She says, first time listener and emailer wanted to weigh in on your podcast about the Bad Batch and Redemption. Firstly, my Star Wars introduction was in college. They had just re-released episodes uh, four through six in digital format in the theater. I went with my friends and we were stoked. Uh, we were playing Star Wars drinking games for weeks prior to the release and I was hooked. About the theory of redemption in Star Wars, I have to say that it's in the entire story. Whether it's Rebels, Clone Wars, Mandalorian, or the prequels, or the originals, is all about redemption. And so, uh, and that's just the movies and TV. Saying Mara Jade is one of the best examples. And Ben Solo seemed like more of a product of divorced parents than anything else. Kylo Ren, there's some language here. There's some language. Uh, (laughs) There's some language here. (laughs) Kylo Ren is a little C. Uh, and weak-minded. No way he's a true villain compared to the likes of Palpatine slash Anakin slash Vader, who turned to the dark side because he had to choose to leave his mother and went on a rampage when she died. Says, I also have a question about Rogue One, both the book and the terrible movie. That was a great book, and it should have been, shouldn't have uh, been screwed up so badly. I have read Thrawn Ascendancy, each book and graphic novels, and I think that they should make that into a separate series. Hopefully, uh, a separate movie trilogy to show his growth and why he is the way he is. He is a Chiss, and Vader can't Sith mind mess yeah. with him. Right. Uh, Tarkin, Vader, and Thrawn have been underestimated by fans. Thrawn thought another Death Star was a waste of time, while Tarkin thought it would put him in good graces with the Emperor. As if. Then we have a quote here. People who alter or destroy works of art and our cultural heritage for profit and or exercise uh, of power are barbarians. Today's engineers with their computers can add color to black and white movies, change the soundtrack, speed up the pace, and add or subtract material to the philosophical taste of the copyright holder. Our cultural history must not be allowed to be rewritten. Attention should be paid to this question of our soul and not simply to accounting procedures. Attention should be paid to the interest of those who are yet unborn, who should be able to see this generation as I saw it itself in the past generation as I saw it itself. George Lucas in 1988 now what's interesting there is george lucas said here we shouldn't mess with the original um version and then 10 years later goes back and drastically alters uh uh the, the re-release but hey it's his vision so he can make it more like his own if he wants it's just you know and it's of, still there yeah you can still go back and, it, and watch the kind of it kind of yeah. interesting uh, yeah. what do you think sebastian shaw thought about that yeah i don't know i've yeah uh, uh, yeah not a fan not not a not fan, a, not, not, <laughs> not a fan. so hey so anyway yeah so thanks uh thanks for that uh transmission there first of all i gotta say man um that is i'm it's interesting actually because this is not something we hear much about rogue one uh that people not only didn't like it but sort of hated it and you know obviously the people are going to be picking whatever moves they want but i would say that rogue one typically is pretty well regarded so uh interesting here to see that we have sort of a a, a different a different take i cannot comment really myself on the book because i'm not as familiar with the rogue one book yeah and i, I gotta give it to carrie that's actually awesome uh i love when folks do read the novelization of the movie and i i i have not read that one either i've read all the other novelizations except for that one i uh and, and i think solo had a novelization too didn't it i think solo did i didn't read the solo mm, i don't think i had a, i don't know if it had a novelization it definitely had a tie-in book the first oh, shot tie-in. book yeah remember yeah. i had like the cool reversible cover cover oh no that one i did read yeah so if that's what we yeah, yeah that... but i don't but i don't believe it had i don't know that it had it i'll look it up but i don't believe okay. it had its own novelization okay well so here's the thing i mean i like this transmission simply because you have a bit of both you, you have like i like this i don't like this or this is what i think star wars is about and what's what's interesting is star wars is so vast that you can go to any arc that you want to or any book. If you like the book over the movie, that's awesome. It's there for that reason. And so that's what I think is is really, really, really cool about this. Um, the <laughs> Vader, Tarkin, and Thrawn. Yeah, majorly underestimated by fans. Those are, those are epic villains. And 
the more Tarkin, the best. Sorry, the Bad Batch has Tarkin. It's awesome. Rebels needed Thrawn. It's epic, and they all have a bit of Vader thrown in there as well. It's it's awesome. You can't kind of. That's why you need Vader in in the Kenobi series too. Just a bit of it, and then that ties in or it validates any of the Inquisitors or other things that you're going to do, which is epic. So. I I agree that the Rogue One com- I like Rogue One the movie I I'm surprised about about mm-hmm. that but at the same time I need to go read the- I can't really comment either because I need to read the book and maybe it was maybe it was uh, different so that would be something interesting for me to go research after this episode yeah there is a there is a solo novelization and it has amazing reviews on Amazon people really? are saying it is people are saying it's by far the best novelization period really wow. Yeah, okay. I mean it's. Okay. I mean it's. It's. It's got um, great reviews. Well, here's something. So you've read a little bit of the. Um, you've read all of what is it, Revenge of the Sith, um, Episode Three, novelization, right? And so that's. Uh, yeah, I've, I've read. I've, I've read quite a bit of it. Yeah, and it's it's different, right? I mean, there's extra add-ins and there's there's stuff that is really really kind of cool. So I think, yeah, when when. When it betters the the movie or adds more context to it, I think that's awesome. Last Jedi, uh, I think it was Jason Day tried tried to do that as well. There, some of the deleted scenes that we thought would have really helped the Last Skywalker, um, or I'm sorry, the Last Jedi. Uh, what well, might as well be the Last Skywalker, right? <laughs> uh, pretty much, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like it, that was cool. It made it made it better, and uh, I I think that's um, cool if, if a book can do that. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, interesting. But yeah, so yeah, just sort of yeah, just sort of interesting, interesting take here. And then I guess yeah, on the on the idea of um, redemption, yeah, I would you know the the sequels is there redemption, baby. There is redemption. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. But I it's mean, but it's kind it kind of is, but it's kind of not at the same time. You know, it's yeah. Kinda, well, it, it feels sort of. It feels sort of shoehorned in there. It feels like it it wasn't as built up throughout the whole thing. Yeah, and I think that's also maybe kind of what Carrie is saying here too is just that like I, Kylo's the the weaker version of that. I don't know, maybe because the Mara Jade example uh, right. and that arc that in Legends that, that Mara Jade goes through in Redemption and Luke showing her that there's right. hope is is really cool. Um, yeah, really cool and then she said, "Yeah, she's saying he's no true villain compared to likes Palpatine. Yeah, he's not definitely no, no. Uh, but he, but yeah, he wasn't. He, I who knew? they didn't they didn't know who the true villain of that whole of the sequels no. was supposed to be. There's no there's no true villain until the last movie. <laughs> like, it's just crazy. Anyway, no, I'm sorry. I, I need to quit uh, harping on the on the sequels because yeah. they're good and they're bad. Um, but 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 yeah, she so. is right. We do need we definitely do need more Thrawn." I think going. I think going forward because I think Thrawn can be a uh, can can well, be a, can be a can be a great character. But the only thing about Thrawn, I and I, we've talked about this before, where I Thrawn isn't necessarily a bad guy yeah. per se. Thrawn is more somebody who will do basically whatever it takes and is so smart that it, it makes him seem because he's a little arrogant. Yeah, but he's arrogant. In that he is that much more skillful, yeah. you know, than other yes, yes, than, than, than other people. Yeah, and w- what I really like, and anyone, if you're looking for any place to start reading the the Thrawn ascendancy, the the arcs, like the the trilogy. Um, there's a couple of them. There's like him during the Chiss ascendancy, and then meeting Anakin Skywalker. There's also him during the time of the Empire. These are new canon novels. I think there's like up to six now. And they're really good, and they do show Thrawn in a really good light, where in which he is kind of like a teacher, a mentor, helping people. He's overcoming the odds of being an alien commander in the Empire, and how hard that is. And then even just how he didn't really fit into the Chiss ascendancy, and like there are people politically trying to take Thrawn down back when he was in the Chiss ascendancy because they didn't quite understand his magnificence and his brilliance. But ultimately, like the Chiss will face something where in which they need Thrawn. Uh, he's he's the guy you need in the end, and he is a good guy, and he does care. But he's always lo- he's looking so far ahead that what he sees we don't see, and what he's been planning for has been years in the making. That's why, if you want to go with the Yuuzhan Vong 
like thing except for make it better uh and, and have the galaxy face something where in which the throne at one point in legends matt one of the coolest things was the empire had to join forces with the new republic they they were so outmatched like they the found, deal with the Isenbach. yeah they had to find common ground and fight together and it's what kind of helps bring out you know all this get over all those years of division and factions and stuff like that so if something like that happens in thrones like we're better together and but yet he's still been a villain who does things that maybe aren't i don't know like uh not portrayed in the best light or maybe they're just i don't it's it's fine i, I feel like what do you call it, like a chaotic good or he's not necessarily evil he's he's really thrawn is thrawn is thrawn is what you would consider i i think thrawn is if you really study his entire canon arc at least where he shows up in the comics and mm-hmm. he even kind of has this conversation with palpatine about well i ultimately i would do whatever is best for my people and joining the empire right now is sort of best for, for my people. people yes mm-hmm. um yeah so he, i would i would say that thrawn is sort of an anti-hero who are, are my favorite characters yeah um because he could he could become good because what does thrawn look like in a post in a post empire world yeah so okay re- really good point um Galad Pelion in or General Pelion. He's in the he's in the um, Thrawn trilogy and heir to the Empire arc, and he's also in, in Legends for a long time. And he always remembers and recalls Thrawn and Thrawn's training and his time with Thrawn. And Thrawn, Thrawn like taught his com- his commanders, like he helped them go beyond where they were at. And he always said that he appreciated him on the on the Chimera on the Chimera because of how he treated everyone. It was different than the just barking orders and, you know, telling people what to do or like scolding an officer because they didn't do it the right way. Thrawn could tell you how to do it because he had studied every position and he knew what they should be doing. Whereas like some of those commanders were just yelling and they would just find somebody who was better and they would never take the time to improve the empire. And, and Thrawn is always kind of saying what he does is the teachable moments that he has it improves his crew and thus improves the empire and thus improves his goals and his ambitions to prepare them for something in the unknown region that could be facing his own people because the chist ascendancy may call on the empire one day and need to face this mega threat so right yeah crazy crazy but is there, um, yeah and, there, and who knows what else is out in the in the unknown regions well, and I, I think that's actually what may be um, – we need an arc. We need a five-year war or something like in Star Wars where you do face something where Luke and the Mandalorian and everybody has to kind of come together. Like you're building a, a verse, right, where you're building all these things. Build us to an end game like scenario where you have all these shows. We're all invested in them, but they're all going to start tying together around – a character and if it is the mandalorians and it's the mandalorian culture and they lead some mandalorian war where they maybe the new republic says no we want nothing to do with that but some people say we need to go to the outer rim and defend our galaxy from this threat and they go do that well led by skywalker and others that'd be huge and then yeah and then it and then it needs to sort of end with it needs it needs to sort of end with the uh, of the first order being created but you know what technically they could run this all the way up until the sequels if they wanted they absolutely could because the first order supposedly is being created in the shadows and it's it's a so if the empire is fractured and splintered so operation cinder does that right it says some of the empire like palpatine somehow uh determines too far yeah, yeah, exactly. And, well, and some of them are good. So s- some planets can survive and live on. The Empire can continue. But like the whole idea behind Operation Cinder is that it wasn't good. If something bad goes, if Pal- Palpatine is dead, burn it down. And from the ashes, he, they, they will rise. And certain people were selected that would help continue that on. Those people, they go to they go do their thing. Operation Cinder is not a complete success. And you have... Um, the Imperial Remnant holdouts on Navarro, which we saw in The Mandalorian, and you have holdouts in these different areas. You've got Moff Gideon still doing something. So you have Imperial officers and Moffs who have control. Like if, if you are an admiral in the far reaches, you're doing some special mission, you're patrolling or controlling a system while Palpatine is defeated at Endor. Well, you're still there. 
And anyone who's running away from that battle and trying to get away from the, rub, the from the rebels, they're going to seek out the next in command. Who's the who's next in command? And that's sort of what we see going on with the um, Alphabet Squadron novels. They're chasing down some of these big time flight commanders and uh, admirals. And are there any grand admirals left? It wouldn't surprise me at all if there's some tie in later on once the Mandalorian. Once the reveal of like Thrawn's backstory and what has happened comes out, if they tie him into those novels and like someone's been communicating to Thrawn and trying to get a Grand Admiral to come back in and take over the Imperial Remnant, and they might be fractured. Moff Gideon might be doing his own thing and saying, no, I have more power, and Thrawn stepping in saying, no, I don't freaking think so. This party's over and people coalesce around him, which would be huge. And I think that's, right. The, which, that's the right call. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. It's gonna be cool. Yeah, I, I ultimately I don't know. I, I guess I don't know where it's where it's where it's gonna go. Um, we just have to sort of get into it a little bit, I mm-hmm. think, in order in order to. I mean, theoretically, they could. If you sort of have a big event, you get to it, and then it's like, okay, now we're done. Then you can go. Then you have to go somewhere else, and I guess you could go back to higher public. Maybe their maybe that's their hope is. Hey, we'll kind of build this up a little bit and a bit more and a bit more, and then we can go there and then we can do whatever we want. And we don't, we're not tied. We're no longer tied to the movies. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It, it, they need to, they need to, Disney needs to build this arc, this verse and build it up to, like I said, like some type of big event, a galactic event. But when you're done with that and you ask the question, well, where do we go? There is the, there's the Finn series, right? There's the Ray. There's the, Forward. Things. yeah, you, yeah, you, you, you can do that. Or forget the High Republic. That's cool for novels. Like I saw Dave Filoni kind of basically say, like that's a place for our writers to go and build some more stories and some arcs and sort of a, a bridge. What I think will be the old Republic. You want to go back to yeah. the days I, that, that if you want to really take Star Wars fans back, show us some of the old Sith Lords. Revan. Yeah, show us Nihilus, those guys. Yes, Thion. don't don't play around and rename them. Just go right. No one cares that they're legends characters and that it's going to be confusing or whatever. No one cares because you're saying this is new. This is canon. They may have backstories and you may think, well, now it's predictable. We know where Revan's arc is going to go. No, we don't. We have Thrawn. We have Thrawn. We didn't know what Thrawn's backstory was. Well, and and we don't know where where he's going. I'll tell you right now for the average, you know, movie people, it's like the comics, right? Like, you know, I was talking about the the Spider-Man trailer. Well, there's a comic that it, you can, that it pulls heavily from. I went and read it and I was like, Oh, I, and I totally see some of the stuff they could do, but typically superhero movies pull from like four to five different comic books. Yeah. Um, but I was like, okay, I can definitely see all the inspiration on this one, but the majority of people don't go read the comics. So they go yeah. into these superhero movies and they're just like, okay, cool. Or even if it's based on a book, they just watch it and it's just sort of, okay. And they just take it for what it is. I'm telling you right now, then the original Knights of the Old Republic story which we're Star Wars fans, so I'll spoil it here. Um, mm-hmm. Would be people would never see that coming, ever. No. That way, that way, our main character here is this Darth Revan we've been talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Matt, I'm like, there's a reason that is one of the like Star Wars fans like most favorite pieces of of, of content, video game content out there. It, it is. A fantastic story, and there's stories built around it, and then Revan's story continues in other games, novels. They just go on from there. It is such a good idea and such a good story that uh, it almost seems a shame that we don't have somebody trying to make a trilogy or something out of it, or or whatever, or just even a standalone old Republic movie with him as the yeah. main character, and then the reveal. Yeah, I would, at the end. I would, I would do it as a trilogy. I would, yeah. I would, I would do Knights of the Old Republic one. I would then do Knights of the Old Republic 2, which base it off the game with Darth Kreia and Nihilus and Scion and you shift gears and Revan isn't really in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would do a Knights of the Old Republic 3 based and then you can't I wouldn't really use the Old Republic story, but you could because the Old Republic set quite a bit mm-hmm. afterwards. But again, this is just adapting it. And I would take the you know characters from the first game. Bastila and Revan because mm-hmm. um, some of the characters move into the second game and then your characters who is like the exile um, and then whoever you know sort of remains however you want to tell that story and then I would have them come together to either fight mm-hmm. or to sort of face some new super Sith Lord or something 
Right. Uh, and I think you could make a cool trilogy out of that, and then you can spin it off into a ton of different ways. Yeah, there's, there's t- I mean, it's insane. There, there's so many good things that they could do with it. You have the one Mandalorian in the first uh, game. I forget his name, but uh, he ends up. Candorous Ordo. Candorous Ordo. There you go. Deep who cut. goes on to become who comes on who goes on to become Mandalore? Yeah, yeah, it goes on to become freaking Mandalore, and we're doing a man. So you're, right now, if you're Star Wars, you're doing a great thing. You're building up the Mandalorian culture. You're building up their presence. Fans are are loving it. There, people are make cosplaying as as Mandalorians. Boba Fett is huge. You have a Book of Boba Fett series. You have the Mandalorian series. Those are two massive things. Now you go back to the Old Republic or Knights of the Old Republic, and you have Mandalorians and Mandalore. And then you start to you already know as as a mainstream Star Wars fan what those characters are like and what those cultures are like, and it helps that that project way more now because of what you're doing between episodes six and seven. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. He goes on to become Mandalore the Preserver. Yeah. Yeah. He's got some sick dude armor. They go find I mean the whole I mean Revan and his history with the with Mandalore is freaking nuts and then like they learn from Mandalore is what mask or helmet one of the two about Mandalore and other Mandalore. You know how objects can kind of hold a history and if you use the force you can kind of figure out um what they've been through it's just freaking sick if you ever have a chance to go like emulate or play knights of the old republic and and get into that arc or just go read it on wikipedia re- read some summaries about it it's fantastic it's awesome yeah we, it's, we played it, the heck out of that game it's great i think you could turn it into six movies really if you really want to do it probably. right i think i think you could yeah. turn it into six movies you probably could uh, awesome okay as do we have anything else today uh, I do want to read one more thing, and uh, I think we'll, we'll end the show on this, and this will this will be good because we wanted to talk about this with you guys as we look at the book of Boba Fett is coming up, right? Um, and there's some let me let me try to pull it up here real quick. We had uh, yeah Robert, let me see here, Robert Rodriguez teasing big things for the book of Boba Fett. So here we go. Uh, he, he's quoted saying, "I can't say anything about it." at all right now i could almost stop right there right <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's coming out in december wait until you see what's coming it's going to blow your mind that's all i can say i can talk it up all i want because i know it uh over delivers uh it way over delivers people are going to be so pumped when they see it now that's huge i mean he's saying like it's going to over deliver he's he's basically saying it it is fantastic and an epic why is it why is he why, why is he saying this is are we are we getting bosk are we getting dengar are are we getting connections to um omega are we getting connections to you know uh jango fett the culture the history of mandalore um a, a, maybe a, a build up for Maybe there's a faction that wants Boba Fett to become the the leader of the Mandalorians. That happened in Legends. Maybe that's something we're going to go back to, and then he and Din Djarin are are at odds. Or maybe it's Bo-Katan. I don't know. But that's a huge quote uh, from from him, and I think that's that's encouraging for the book of Boba Fett, which is coming out in December. I mean, it, it sounds to me like we're going to get Boba Fett just walking around wrecking people. And regardless of what the cause is, I'm down. Yeah, I, I am too. And so he's the executive producer on this. And if, if man, I mean, what we saw him do in The Mandalorian, if if we even get, because uh, he, he goes in and just wrecks people. And like, as, as you said, and that's what Boba Fett should do. I want to see this guy completely wrecking folks. I don't care if they take this PG-13 or even a little bit more. I mean, I really think this is something that we could, we could do a lot with in Star Wars. And he's also somebody who, um, wow, I don't know if you guys can hear that or not. Do you guys hear this all? No. Oh, okay. Okay. They just fired up a huge freaking saw down down below. Oh, geez. And it's like right in my ear. Um. Anyways, I think he's somebody that uh, that you can use a lot in Star Wars, and so building him up as a big crime boss sitting in Jabba's seat, big time, big deal. And I think that's that's really kind of a you know just just a cool thing to do for Star Wars because Jabba's a big void. He creates a big void when he's gone, so we got to fill it, and we got Boba Fett to do so. Bib Fortuna is down too. Bib Fortuna is down for the count, man. He's not getting back up, I don't think. Day one of Wenga. Day one of Wenga. What happened to Bib? I mean, he really let himself go there, you know? Really let himself go. He looks like he <laughs> ate the old Bib Fortuna. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Maybe he's not. the. Maybe that's not Bib. Maybe that was actually, 
You know, it was a clone. It's a clone. We're cloning people left and right. Bib Fortuna. Bib Fortuna. Oh my God. Jabba got his hands on some cloning tech. Oh my uh, God. Luke, Grogu, and Bib Fortuna. I mean, it makes sense because Bib was on the thing with Jabba, right? Wasn't Bib on Jabba's mm -hmm. sail barge? How did he make mm -hmm. it out, man? That's not. That's a video right there. Is <laughs> Bib Fortuna still alive? Is Bib Fortuna still alive? Is the Bib that we saw a clone? Is it, you know, Bib Fortuna? God, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Oh. oh, guys. Awesome. It's late for me. You know, yeah. I'm just at, at this point, I, it's like, you know, sometimes where you're just like laughing and it's almost like you're drunk, like, yeah, like laughing. Yes. That's that's like where, that's where I'm at right now. That's, that's where you're at. Yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. Hey, uh, that is our show today. So as always, we want to thank you guys for hanging out in hyperspace. Be sure to hit us up with some more transmissions, your thoughts, your theories or any of your favorite memories from a galaxy far, far away. Absolutely, friends. And don't forget about the Council of Elders. Um, that is going to be September uh, 10th at 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. I'm going to be sending links out on Patreon just for everyone to hop in the Zoom chat there. So, again, only five bucks over on patreon.com forward slash hyperspace. Hang out. The link is in our description if you guys want to join up there. If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a transmission at hyperspacehangout at gmail.com. Yep, and we will see you next time. And remember that traveling through hyperspace ain't like dust and crops. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.